0: Welcome to the Milk Bar. 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 Uh, welcome to the Milk
1: Bar. Uh, welcome along to episode 504 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever, and coming up on the show, Dom Jolly will be along to talk about the work of Save the Children and their efforts to make sure that kids aren't growing up in conflict zones. We'll be hearing from Gloria Hunniford all about the Gas Safe Register. John Welsh of Pipeline Theatre let us know about Drip Drip Drip, which comes to the arena later this month. The band of the Westmoreland Fire Service will be along too. They'll be letting us know about their gig in Wolverhampton in early March. And we'll have music from the Southern Companion, Darren, from the band joining us for a bit of a chat. But first of all... The band is at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre from the 26th of February through to the 2nd of March. One of the boys in the band is Harry Fabulous Brown, who joins me down the line. Hello, sir. Hello, i to speak to you today. Good to talk to you too. So uh, tell us a, a bit about your role in the show initially, because you are one of the band and you've been understudying for quite some time.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I've been part of the show from the very beginning, since September of 2017. And I started as an unsteady, um, study, go on whenever I'm needed. And recently I've been needed a bit more. Um, there's one boy called Nick who's got a bit of an injury, so I'm currently filling in for him. So I've been doing every show, so, I mean, it's, it's a
1: great experience. So who are you in the band?
2: We don't actually play certain members of Take That. Mm-hmm. We are sort of our own, our own member in, like, a, our own sort of boy band. Yeah. Almost like I'm playing myself, which is quite nice, I guess. We are the boy band who are surrounding these girls who are fans of the boy band and we are surrounding their lives, almost.
1: Because this is set in 1993 for when the girls get together, but it's actually 25 years later that they get together for a reunion and this is where these memories start to play out.
2: Absolutely, yeah. So you see them them at 16 years old having the time of their lives to go to see the boy band in concert. Then we skip 25 years later, as you say, where we catch up with their lives, see how they've been doing and throughout the entire story you have got the boy band weaving in and out of their lives and you see how much of an impact they have, how significant they actually are on their lives.
1: And it must be great for, for a band, I mean the likes of Take That, who's obviously, their music is in this show, it is their show basically, but... It must be great for them to to actually know they've touched so many lives, and for you guys to experience a bit of that through the show without having all the hassle of the ups and downs of being a rock and roll star or a pop star across the globe. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, it's it's yeah, it's it's, a, it's been a great experience. Um, but I mean, yeah, you hear all these great stories from the take that lad when they come in to because they've been in for rehearsals, they've come and uh, they've come and performed with us a few times, they've come and seen the show. And uh, yeah, they tell us all these great stories about, you know, um, when they've been gigging all these years, it's like it's crazy what they've been through and to try and to try and emulate that on the stage is is, is interesting, yeah.
1: And for you as well, I mean you're from what Evesham, you've lived around Stratford, you're trained in Brum, so the Wolverhampton Grand Gig, that's quite a nice little homecoming in some way, surely.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm going to be living at home, um, so it'd be nice to have a bit of familiar surroundings because um, it's, it's difficult touring all the time. But coming back to the West Midlands would be great. Because um, yeah, I trained in, in Birmingham for four years, so, um, so I mean, I'm, I know it inside out really. And yeah, um, living in Stratford at the moment, so yeah.
1: So, with this and the music you got in there, before your time unfortunately all these songs <laughs> were hits so uh, you're making me feel old uh, in uh, in, the, <laughs> in that knowledge but you must be what early 20s now
2: yeah 20 yeah coming up for 20 yeah
1: and so all this stuff was actually out when i was your age and being a bloke we saw the women <laughs> reacting to this absolutely crazily i think more so for take that than one of the other bands you know so we'd seen since the 70s to be fair it was absolutely massive
2: so it's amazing yeah the fan base that they have is incredible. It's, it's yeah. it
1: is it is truly amazing, and still producing hits now. But have you got a favourite? And from from both then and now in their careers?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, they've, they've got so many great hits, aren't they? But I mean, patience is one of my favourites, and that actually came out when I was growing up. So mm-hmm. their comeback era was was, was is bringing back childhood memories for me, which is kind of weird now that I'm performing it on stage. I'm like getting childhood memories of you know long car journeys we'd have. We'd have Patience and shine, but definitely on the playlist. you know. <laughs> but yeah, they always have things like Never Forget, it's always a great one. Um, and, and it's great when, when the crowd join in and stuff, um, with all the, the moves and the, and, the, and the singing, it's 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 an amazing feeling um, to have the crowd being so involved with the show like that.
1: And for the rest of the cast as well, obviously you're talking to the, the older members of the team, and are they genuinely reminiscing about some of their youth when the, the first of the hits came out?
2: Yeah, I remember talking to one of the women in the show called she's called Alison and and I remember talking to her towards the start of the, the tour and she was saying how she used to adore take that when, when she was younger and uh, and it and it must be incredible to, to to now be working with them and, you know, performing in front of them. It's 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 a it is amazing yeah
1: with what you've done in your career so far were you ever tempted to be in a boy band was that ever a thing you fancied doing or have you always been much more interested on in getting on stage
2: yeah absolutely I mean before we got this job we were on the TV show called Let It Shine and uh, I was part of a boy band on that called Iron Sun and it was a, it was a great experience I mean we all bonded really well and um, you know we it, it's, a, it's a good feeling in a boy band because everyone's got your back and it was it was great to be in a boy band and uh, you know great fun and
1: now you get to be in uh, one every single night of the week, so that must be Absol- jolly absolutely good
2: fun. yeah. It's great to great to it's so fun, <laughs> and especially in the concert scenes, you get to just jam out with the audience and with, with all of our our castmates as well. It's it's just so fun to have for the job. You know what I mean? Just like performing fair that song within a concert vibe, it's so cool.
1: And any bits of the show which have made you think, oh, no, I've got to do that in front of so many people? Because it is telling a bit of the story. There is probably some embarrassing moments recreated on stage. Is there anything embarrassing for you when you have to do it?
2: Um, I don't think so, no. um, It's just all, just all alone fun, really, I guess. I mean, I, I, sometimes I've made um, a movie on stage, you know, and that can be quite embarrassing, but... Um you, know, you get you
1: get through it, don't you? Yeah, just keep going and get back to the spot yeah. as soon as you can. But there's always a good song <laughs> to sing, which which helps too. And uh, it, which is the the biggest audience reaction from uh, the the sounds in the show?
2: I tell you what, they love the flood, and we love the flood as well. Everyone gets up and dances to that one, and uh, yeah, and it's amazing. The costumes we're wearing are really really cool. These long silver coats, and it's just visually it's it's incredible, and and Hopefully vocally did
1: as well. Well, fingers crossed. I mean, three generations of Take That fans, I think, we must be up to now over those 25 years officially. So uh, a great, great show. Fantastic fun. And if you had to sell it in just a few words, what would you say is the best bit about going to see the band?
2: Well, I mean, the, the feedback we get from the audience is incredible. They, I mean, it's ups and downs throughout the entire show. You'll laugh your head off and you also feel incredibly emotional. But it's got, it's got, I mean, that's got absolutely everything. It's a family show, but I mean, anyone will enjoy it. Um, it's brilliant. And you don't have to look at like that, but if you do, it, it'll be absolutely perfect for you.
1: Well, they're amazingly catchy songs, well written, and just uh, so much fun to listen to.
2: Exactly. And the writing, Tim first the writer, and Guy Barlow worked together to do the script to go well with the songs. It's, it's beautifully written and totally worth a watch.
1: Well, get yourself along. The Grand Theatre, from the 26th of February through to the 2nd of March, grandtheatre.co.uk is the website, 01902 429212, the box office number. But for now, Harry Fabulous-Brown, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And you can go be a pop star again, OK. <laughs> In about moment's time, we'll hear from Darren from the Southern Companion. But before we do, let's take a listen to one of the tracks. This is Songbird. <laughs>
0: For a shelter In the darkest hour Just before the dawn I was waiting on the sunrise As you fell out Of that southern sky Wondering if the spring Would ever come In that moment I decided I would spend my life Providing For our supper, as the nights were getting longer, all the while you were finding. A nest with these two hands made you somewhere soft to land with a canopy of leaves to keep you dry. I did my best to raise you right, prepare you for this maiden flight, send you off into a cloudless sky. And I taught you about the land and trees and how to count those seven seasons. away the days and months and the seasons changing now you know my songs all Get dark and heavy And your days are filled with rain Keep on pushing Through the storm cloud You'll see that sun again Making feathered friends, and I just seem to spend my days alone. Surrounded by all of your things, searching for
1: new songs to sing. Till you come back and make this house all. The Southern Companion are heading across the Midlands and beyond, performing to tell us more about what's going on in their world. I'm joined now by Darren Hodson. Hello, sir
3: hello mate how's it going
1: all good with me and uh you're playing in brum on the third of march but you've got plenty of gigs uh not only across the midlands but up and down the country as well
3: yes yeah yeah we we kick off um february the 20th down here and then we're basically going all the way up and all the way back down again and uh we hit birmingham on march the third i think it is at the kitchen garden cafe
1: and that sounds like it's going to be uh, a, a good gig and a great venue to play in so what size band are you bringing
3: uh, we'll be uh, five piece in Birmingham because uh, obviously it's quite an intimate little venue that one. So um, yeah, we'll be rolling with the full band for for the majority of the tour, and then we're doing the um, like six piece and then a few shows with the five piece, including the one in Birmingham. And, and we've got uh, some fan, some some good friends of mine who are just amazing as uh, the support act. We've got Robbie Cavana and Demi Mariner as well. So it's uh, they're they're doing the Birmingham show. Can't I can't wait to get up there.
1: Well, I mean, as a Southern Companion, though, it's very much collective of musicians, isn't it?
3: It's more of a, def- a, a you know a, a definite lineup these days. It, when we first started, um, was it 2012? It was kind of like a more of a, a solo project with whoever I could pull in, hmm. uh, you know, to do each show. Whereas now there's a a band, there's a, a six of us. Um, obviously, there's times when one of the boys is not available, and so we have uh, lots of good friends and. And depth musicians that can come and cover, but it uh, is it's a uh, pretty solid lineup with the band now. Yeah,
1: And you've got uh, a, a good following, you've got some great songs, and all of this, uh, particularly with something like uh, Shine a Little Light, which was uh, out earlier this year, is, is building up a, a good uh, momentum for you.
3: Um, fingers crossed, it, it's, it's kind of hard to know. You know, the sort of uh, park down here on the south coast, and there's not really a great deal of a scene. You where we are immediately to the point where we didn't really know there was even one in the rest of the UK to play into. So it's uh, we, we, it's, it's nice every time we go somewhere new and it turns out there's you know, people have heard of us, even if it's only a half a dozen people. But it's gradually getting there, and we you know we've been really really thrilled with the response to the new record. It seems to have uh, and people seem to be getting to get it, you know, and that they understand where we're coming from, and then people reacting nicely to the songs. So it's the first time. This tour, coming, the first time I've been able to take the whole band out. Everything I've done touring-wise, Southern Companion up until now, but it's been like just myself on my own, and we just the band have done the sort of one-off spot shows here and there. But uh, this is the first time we're going to be going out with the full lineup for for the whole run.
1: So, how did it? Was it Americana that you came to when it came to performing?
3: Um, I mean, I guess it's what they call Americana now. Yeah, it's. I mean, I've I've always. I've always gravitated towards just what I think it's a great song really.
0: mm-hmm.
3: and great songs great lyrics and 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 traditional arrangements and traditional instrumentation you know, but I kind of grew up listening to everything you know some old country and blues and soul motown um British rock classic rock, southern rock, kind of all that stuff if you mix it all together now that you, you what comes out the other end is what they call americana <laughs>
1: and that's what it's, works uh, for you so you enjoy playing it and the audience are loving listening to it
3: well fingers crossed i think they can relate to it then as much as that you know it's it's all what you see is what you get you know there's no there's no smoke and mirrors We don't we don't use any track it's just you know everything you're hearing is happening live in front of you and it's it's kind of honest it's different every night it's uh you know the 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 boys in the band are all great musicians and there's lots of improvisation um, we don't tend to sort of do any long ten minute jams or anything like anymore <laughs> but it, it's you know you, it, it's 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 happening there and then it's a very genuine real experience and and we 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 sort of live and die by how we play you know.
1: People can get along; they can make the most of what's going to be a gig, and certainly a band well on the way up. The Southern Companion are the band to see, and the third of March, as we say, it is taking place over at the Kitchen Garden Cafe in Birmingham. Uh, what's the full website for people to get tickets and the like? The, all
3: the Ws and uh, the Southern dot com. So we 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 start this week, and then we come up to. Uh, up to Yorkshire and Manchester and then we come back down, I think we are playing in Nottingham on the 25th, so that's another one around the Midlands um, and then say back up to Birmingham on the 3rd, Milton Keynes on the 1st, it's a little bit of a throw a dart a dartboard kind of thing as far as the routing's concerned so we're up and down a fair bit but all the dates are on our website. Yeah.
1: Uh, it all keeps the music live and you guys never know where you're going to wake up next which I think helps doesn't it, it's a, it's a proper <laughs> rock and roll lifestyle the way it's going. This
3: is the first run with the band, so we're going to have a lot of fun when we're out, definitely.
1: OK, well, we'll take a track off the album. What should we listen to?
3: Oh, um, off the record, um, I guess the the first track, the opener, is called Billy's Brother. That's, that would be a good one to listen to.
1: Well, we'll take a listen to that. Meanwhile, make sure you get along to the thesoutherncompanion.co.uk, grab your tickets, and go along and see them in Brum on the 3rd of March. Darren, thank you for joining us.
3: No, thanks for having me, man. it a pleasure.
0: seven that seven year itch mama never got over it i can't forgive that son of a bitch the way he made her cry so she raised two boys and worked two jobs drank too much on a broken heart but billy and i never felt unloved hell yeah mama tried Right from the start We were both just dreamers Loving motorcycles and guitars Rock stars Fast cars He drove it everywhere pedal to the floor Left and surfing on the top of the door Tapping in time High and fine. Posters on our bedroom walls We love them most of all They found his body in the road. They said it'd gone straight through the window. The song still playing on the stereo was bad luck.
1: the Southern Companion. Drip 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 is at the Arena Theatre in Wolverhampton on Thursday the 28th of February. To tell us more about it I have John Welsh. Hello how are you doing? I'm very well I trust we find you well? Yeah very good we're in the thick of it at the minute we're we're sort of um, this is third
4: week of rehearsals we've got one more tech week to go and then we do previews at the end of next week so we're Kind of chasing around like crazy people at the minute, and but the- it is all falling, all falling into shape. We we think.
1: Well, that that's what counts. You got you got to bring it together at this sort of point. And <laughs> yeah. uh, this is a play which is uh, listed as being uh, age guide fourteen plus. It runs for about ninety minutes. But I'll let you explain the background because you've written and directed this piece.
4: Yeah, I we I work for with a company called Pipeline Theatre based down in Cornwall. Mm-hmm. We sort of tour nationally. We do community plays. We also do touring shows uh, that we take to studio theatres uh, and small venues. Uh, we decided our next project uh, was going to, this project was going to be set in the NHS and it was going to be uh, looking at uh, racism in particular, the sort of othering the way we dehumanize people we don't agree with the way we are all very emotionally attached to our, our own personal echo chambers of beliefs. And uh, when we find people who disagree with us, it's a, it's a tricky one and it's, it sounds very worthy and it sounds very, um, well bleak to be honest uh and slightly on the nose but it's not it's it's very it's quite weird it's quite funny it's quite strange it's the story of a of a a race scientist uh, a disgraced academic who uh, finds himself uh during a speech that he's making falling ill and after that um all bets are off it goes ever so slightly crazy um he's opiated he sort of sees things that aren't really happening he thinks he's still in a A lecture hall giving a lecture, whereas in fact, people are, doctors and nurses are desperately trying to treat him. Um, And uh, the subject of his speech turns up to sort of slightly freak him out. Uh, He sort of has various visions of stuff. He goes on a bit of a journey, but at the same time, within this uh, world, this NHS world that he is now inhabiting, he kind of sows discord amongst the practitioners who are trying to make him better. And there's a a diverse cast of people that uh, allow him, in a way, to say the unsayable. And, uh, and and I suppose presents all various forms of of racially charged arguments and uh, moments to to the public as they watch this play. So it's a play within a play. It's competing realities. It's bonkers. Um, and it's uh, it's sort of challenging, but in a good way.
1: And through all of this, obviously, you're already in a highly emotional environment of a hospital as well, and the tensions um, yeah. would be running high there anyway. Without the addition of uh, this character's uh, belief system and uh, understanding Absolutely. of his world,
4: yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, we no way is this a takedown of the NHS. It's a, you know, we we've sort of t- taken lots of consultation with lots of uh, medical partners, um, nurses that we know, people we've spoken to, academic experts. Uh, practitioners you yeah, know there there is an issue uh, in 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 all walks of life um but it sort of becomes very crystallized in the NHS if you if you're someone who's you know not used to a foreign accent and you find yourself being treated by someone you don't particularly understand uh, that's a tricky situation and uh, for some people you know it's it's a question of uh, of feeling like you're in a an in a strange environment if you if you don't know people of different ethnic backgrounds and you find yourself in a in a district general hospital, you will, you will suddenly come up against uh, very many people who aren't f- like you. And it's, uh, that can be disconcerting for people, and it's a sort of tribal thing often. I was speaking to an academic partner of ours who sort of – he's actually um, – he was an immigrant from Uganda. He's, he's uh, Indian. He came when he was six. Um, and he was very high up now in the NHS, but he sort of likens it to a model of British colonialism. In other words, at the top, at the top of the pyramid, it's very white. And as you get further and further down, um, you know more, more diversity occurs. But nonetheless, um, there is room for othering. People don't get the promotion or the job, uh, the, the job prospects that they, they necessarily should. Uh, and yes, you're right. It, it is a highly charged environment. Um, you know there's, they're incredibly busy. They're overstretched. The resources are running thin. People are, uh, you know, coming in, in in greater quantities than they used to. People are living longer so it's a lot to cope with and so when these problems occur when when you know you might have a patient who's who's uh you know who's, who's potentially racist often it doesn't really get dealt with terribly well because people just don't have the time um people are too busy so uh, that's a kind of a, an environment that we're trying to create as well so not only is, do we have this idea of a, of a guy giving a speech and then being treated but we also have the we're trying to create the idea of how hectic it is and how busy everybody is and how madcap it is and you're sort of racing really to, to keep up with yourself
1: so all of that at pace in 90 minutes telling a story when it, it, it's it, it must be yeah you know, quite highly charged for the actors to get all this across in that sort yeah of time. I, it
4: it it is slightly creeping over the 90 minutes but only just yeah but yes no it is it is um it's a it's a it's a beast of a play in a way and it's all my fault because i wrote it but it's, <laughs> it is it they, is they're they're also multi-rolling so you know that not only are they playing a, a sort of what is it do we have one young man playing an eritrean refugee now a trainee nurse but he's also playing a young boy uh with a with a cancer prognosis um you know we have a a female actor who's playing a muslim doctor she's also playing a a a jamaican uh, uh, ward sister uh, amongst many other things she's also playing the wife of the subject of the speech that our disgraced academic is giving at the start of the show, it is, it's, they are uh, equally just like, you know, people, practitioners in the NHS, they are racing to keep up with themselves. So the whole thing is uh, the, the insanity of the piece kind of replicates just how crazy and full on it is in a, in a, in a hospital environment.
1: And you've used music and sound design to help enhance all of that as well.
4: Very much so. We, that's a sort of calling card of ours. We, the, the sound design is the sort of extra character in the room um, and we never don't immerse our audience in as much sound as we can. It's that we do everything. We do lots of projection, AV, you know, uh, all, all the tricks that we we can rustle up, and our sets are always uh, sort of uh, punching above our weight. But we do also uh, chuck in as much sound as we can. It's so evocative, it puts you in a place immediately. Um, and obviously, somewhere like a hospital, it just it's a gift. Uh, you know, you have stretchers being clanged down corridors. You have machines that go beep uh you have uh, all sorts of nurse call alarms it's ripe for the picking there's so much you can actually play with there and also you know when you go into sort of slightly weirder hallucinatory territory that's also asking for 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 lots of sound as well so it is a the audience i reckon it'll be a very immersive experience
1: well if you want to get a little look at the promo you can see that online pipeline theatre.com tickets on 01902 321 321 or arena.wlv.ac.uk and as we say it takes place on the 28th of february so not too far away but uh, no. a, a massive undertaking still working towards yeah. that final product even as we speak <laughs> yeah. and uh, I, can, I so. can imagine that, that your actors uh, must be thinking hang on a minute he's, he's, he's working me way too hard for the money he's given me here uh,
4: you're dead right <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> we're paying them equity minimum but we're still we're still driving them like mad Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's going to be amazing by the sounds of it drip 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 at the oh. arena make sure you get yourself along and see it but for now John Welsh thank you for joining us thank you for having me Time to take another tune from the Southern Companion. Now this is Lie To Me.
0: Wait a second baby Before you take that swing Let me catch my breath And get a second wind I'm praying on a bell to ring Say My body is broken and my legs are gone You got that knockout bloom on the tip of your tongue It's safe to say we're all but done Have mercy Lately we've gone toe to toe Trade Punches blow for blow. Now you got me on the ropes. I'm But you're looking so damn guilty, honey I've already guessed How the hell did we make such a mess? Such a mess I ain't saying it's okay Ain't saying it's alright We both know where you're gonna go
1: to me from the Southern Companion here on the Millbar. One more tune to come from them very soon. On the 2nd of March, the band of the West Midlands Fire Service are back in action in the city of Wolverhampton. To tell us more, I'm joined now by the publicity officer, Matthew Abbott. Good afternoon.
5: Uh, Hi, Jason. Thanks for talking to me again. Now,
1: good to hear from you. So, what's going on this time around? Because last time, it was a bit festive. This time, it's something a bit different. Uh,
5: yeah, this time, uh, we're doing an, a concert that's simply named Spring Concert, and we're just doing an eclectic mix of music. Uh, this time um, joined by the Royal Air Force Cosford Voluntary Band um, who we've played with before. And we make a point of trying to do uh, interesting rehearsals and trips with the band. And we recently did one to Colport, where we book out the youth hostel um, so that the band, uh, the two bands get entire occupancy of the hostel. And we just rehearse for an entire weekend uh, and practice a a really big mix of music and lots of different styles and lots of different uh, genres. Um, and this year, we really wanted to try and audition that, so we're having this concert to try and uh, showcase some of those tunes.
1: So, St. John's in the Square is going to be the venue, and this time you have got neighbours, so whereas when you're rehearsing, you haven't, but uh, it brings all of that music together in one place and a great show for your audience. Yeah, definitely, and it's just a, it's a it's
5: a really nice mix as well, so there's some. Uh, stuff uh, that sounds like big band music or is band music like um, Jitterbug and uh, one called Dixieland Jams, uh, which has got some kind of like uh, bluesy kind of influences. And then there's more um, classical stuff as well, uh, like Ralph Vaughan Williams, where we're doing the English folk song suite, uh, which is really nice. And there's there's lots of challenging stuff as well. Um, there's a couple of solos going on. We've got a, a piece for trumpet solo and a piece for um that really showcases the clarinet playing as well, which is insanely fast. Um, and I think really challenging for them, but it, it's just been great playing all this different music and uh, I'm looking forward to, to sharing it off again.
1: And this is, this is what it's all about really is about sharing that music. And that's the reason everybody plays in the band. They've got a passion for playing, haven't
5: they? Yeah, definitely. And it's, uh, I mean, we, we try and play um, as much music as we can and um, to as many audiences as we can. We, we do marching gigs. We do sit down concerts. We do things outside. Um, we've, been travelling around the world we recently went to um eat uh, and played at the menin gate for remembrance day last year which was really humbling and a, a really good experience so we're always out and about trying to showcase this music and i think it's um good for people to come and see local live music i don't think it happens very often so um when you can go to the venue as nice as st john's in the square that's just kind of round the corner rather than like a big arena i think it's a, a nice change
1: so you've got uh, the, the, the band, you've got the music. We need to get the audience down there now. So how can they get hold of tickets?
5: Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, at the minute, we've got a, a few ways of getting tickets. We've got um, the website uh, where you can go to ticketsource.co.uk forward slash BWMFS and buy tickets, uh, which are £10 for adults and they're uh, £5 for children and students. Uh, we've got a phone line, which is 07591 um, you can email at tickets at bwmfs.org. Um, and uh, if, you're, if you'd if you like to, you can still get them on the door as well on, on the day of the concert. So it's a Saturday, uh, the 2nd of March at 7pm.
1: So you want to get yourself in nice and early. Make sure you're there by half six at the latest, particularly if you're getting tickets on the night. And have a brilliant music-filled evening. It sounds like it's going to be an absolute treat.
5: Jason, before we go, um, I'd just like to give a shout-out because... We really need to try and get some new members along, get some new blood into the band, especially uh, brass and percussion. So if anybody's interested in playing with uh, a band like this, we're an over-18s uh, symphonic wind band, but we do kind of bluesy music, jazzy music, big bands, marches and things like that. Um, and we're really interested in getting some um, recruitment, getting get, getting some new members down. Um, so if you can get in touch on our social networking pages, we've got facebook.com forward slash WMFS band uh, or on 0781 four six eight two seven two four that'd be really handy we really really want some new players um and if you're just interested in playing we rehearse every wednesday night uh from half seven till ten at um Safe Side community fire at station in birmingham
1: so um, get in touch it's, it's get involved fun. we won't force you into this concert you'll get time to rehearse before you actually go out on stage with the yeah, band. of course <laughs> but, yeah sorry uh, yeah it'll be uh, very very rewarding as well
5: definitely it really is good fun
1: to put us all in the mood, though, you have got a track for us to listen to. This is a recording for one of rehearsals. What are we going to hear now? Uh, yeah, we've got a, a
5: track um, called uh, Jitterbug, which has got some of the more uh, bluesy influences that we've been playing this time.
1: Well, we're going to enjoy this. It's going to say set the scene for everything you hear on the 2nd of March at 7 o'clock at St John's in the Square. And make sure you get your tickets. Just before we go, give us all those details on ticket purchases again, please.
5: That's great. Thanks, Jason. Uh, so we've got ticketsource.co.uk forward slash BWMFS. You can tell uh, on 07591 It's tickets at bwmfs.org. Uh, or you can get tickets on the door at St John's in the Square on the 2nd of March at 7pm and the tickets are £10 for adults uh, and £5 for children and students.
1: Matthew Abbott from the Band of the West Midlands Fire Service thank you for joining us. Thanks a lot
5: Jason, thanks. (laughs)
1: A new report from Save the Children shows that conflict killed at least 550,000 infants since 2013. To tell us more about this rather worrying report and some awful statistics, I'm joined now by Save the Children Ambassador Dom Jolly. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. So, uh, first of all, uh, we're more used to seeing you make people smile on TV, but in this case, uh, there isn't anything at all to smile about here, is there?
6: No, not at all. And uh, it's a very worrying report, really. And I think it just uh, basically highlights how much uh, conflict has been changing uh, in the sense that in the old days, I think, well, in, in certainly in recent history, wars were more kind of uh, uh, structured, army v. army. But now it's sort of more in, all-encompassing and kind of gets everyone. I, I just went to, I'm an ambassador for Save the Children, just went to eastern Ukraine. And, you know, this is only two and a half hours uh, flight away from Heathrow. And there's a sort of First World War situation going on there, with a, a line of conflict, trench warfare, and kids there are just stuck right in the middle of it. You know, I met kids that were having to cross over the front line every day to and from to get to school. Other kids that, had as kids, do see something shiny in a field and it's ordnance and pick it up and it blows them up and you know maims them and stuff. So, yeah, it is really about trying to get more um, uh, to get the UK to lead in this and try and get more stuff done to try and protect kids in, in this sort of situation.
1: Well, 420 million children are now living in a conflict zone, and that's nearly a fifth of all the children globally, and that, that's just a, a startling figure, isn't it?
6: Yeah, it's crazy, and it's really gone up as well.
1: What can we start to do with this call for the UK to create, what well, maybe what a new strategy towards keeping civilians out of war zones?
6: Well, it's really about just, I think, just at the moment with Brexit going on and everything, we've kind of forgotten that, you know, UK have have done some 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 really good stuff in the past. I mean, you know, we we we, we sort of helped to uh, control things like landmines, and and I think we've still got a seat on the Security Council. It is something we should be able to do. So we're just asking uh, for the UK to to implement a new strategy to protect civilians and and with children front and centre, covering diplomacy, defence, and aid. I mean, there was a protections of civilians strategy, was last updated in 2010. It had no provision for children or other vulnerable groups. So we're asking people to go to savethechildren.org.uk, sign a petition, and just ask the government to show some leadership on this issue.
1: And was it being able to have a voice on this sort of thing that got you involved with Save the Children in the first place?
6: Well, no, what got me started, because I grew up in Lebanon, I grew up in the Middle East, and, and when the Syrian situation Uh, started happening and refugees were flooding into Lebanon and Jordan and uh, Save the Children asked me to get involved and it was something that I at least knew something about and I felt I could help so I went out and uh, I visited a Syrian refugee camp on the border called Zaatari which, you know, six, seven years ago was still a a large camp and it's still there. There are kids that I met that had escaped Syria and were living there that are still in that camp seven years later, which is just crazy but I just, you know, I mean, I, I think I'm a bit like a a lot of people probably a bit suspicious of being asked for money for stuff and wondering whether things really do, 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 do any good. But having been to, you know, certainly these refugee camps and certainly as I said, going to the Ukraine, I've seen the stuff that really does get done firsthand by organizations, like save the children. I mean, just kids that have been bombed out of their flats or just uh, not going to school and therefore losing their social life, like not, just not being able to be kids, just basic stuff. Save the children do in Ukraine, like helping to rebuild schools, Building community centres where kids can go and meet other kids is just—it's really, really—it it just works, and it really does do some good. And I've seen it. So.
1: And then having someone like Save the Children involved, it means that where there are whoever is on either side in this war, wherever they're trying to maybe even use civilians to uh, further their own cause, having an organisation like Save the Children there can actually take a step back from that and try and avoid them getting into these conflict areas in the first place
6: well, that would be ideal. But I think one of the other problems is no one's actually being held to account as well. Uh, you know, I think people are getting away with stuff. And I think, again, it's about getting the UK to to lead on this and make a difference. You know, before, the UK's led on things preventing sexual violence in conflict, helping ban landmines. So, and we have to, we've, we've got the power to change things. Uh, you know, we're in a strong position. So I think we should try and make a difference.
1: So what are the details again where we can get more information on all of this?
6: Uh, Well, if you go to savethechildren.org.uk, you can sign the petition and find out all sorts of information on what, you know, Save the Children are doing in this area.
1: And push the UK government to make sure that we're, again, say, at the fore, making a difference, and hopefully improving the lives of kids across the world.
6: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's pretty terrible times at the moment, so anything like that, I mean, I think it'd be nice to be able to do something positive for once.
1: Oh, fantastic. I mean, you keep up the good work. Great to hear that you're involved in all of this and say the children are doing so much good work across the globe.
6: Yeah, well, thanks very much for having me on, anyway. Cheers, Dom. Thank you. Cheers.
1: Bye. Time for our final tune now from The Southern Companion. This is The Last Rays of Sun.
0: Take heart, don't be afraid. Fear only leads to hate.
1: from the Southern Companion here on the Milk Bar. Now, I think, hopefully, we're all starting to become aware of the importance of the Gas Safe Register and making sure that we don't cut corners when it comes to looking after the gas supply and appliances in our home. But not everybody may be listening. To tell us more about how we can avoid costing lives, I'm joined by the Head of Communications from the Gas Safe Register, Scott Darrick, and, of course, a presenter of BBC One's Rip Off Britain, Gloria Hunniford. Hello to you both.
7: Hello. Hello. So,
8: uh, Scott, maybe might, might explain to you, first of all, just why the register was drawn up and the research they did.
7: So th- so that's exactly it. The gas safe register is, um, is the official body that, that registers all gas engineers in the UK. So if you have anyone doing gas work in your home, they need to be gas safe registered. The other part of what we do is we conduct consumer awareness stuff. So we've we gone out to ask people, you know, what they think about about safety, what they think about cutting corners in their lives more generally and, and what that means in terms of gas safety. So it's been really interesting to find the, the, the fairly benign examples that lots of people have. And we all cut corners in a busy life. You know, you, you have a, a ready meal during the week rather than making things from scratch. You maybe have an extra 10 minutes in bed rather than getting up and having a shower before going to work. And those things are all absolutely fine. But some of the research has indicated things that worry us a little bit more of the register, where we see 5% of people would try to service their, their gas boiler themselves rather than using a gas-safe registered engineer, and 25% of people don't have a working carbon monoxide alarm in their house. Which
8: is a really important point, actually. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people imagine that they're quite expensive, but they're not. They're sort of between 25 30 pounds something like that, and yet they are lifesavers to have them near your boiler. Do you
1: have one or two, actually, Jason? I actually, I have uh, I have three of the things because uh, I've got some <laughs> gear. You? Where do you put them? Where do you place them? Well, I've got one right next to the boiler. I've got one in the uh, the kitchen, which is a carbon monoxide and a smoke detector, as well as as all of them are. And then upstairs, it also looks for the same thing. So everywhere, I've you know, I can have this sort of thing. It is, and it texts me as well if something goes wrong. So you know, I, I'm fully linked up. So, but they do oh, start from about a, a, a tenner.
7: Smart ones. Oh, yeah, I've <laughs> got I've
1: gone smart. Yeah, go so I can I can check what's happening. But I think mean, I think that can make it a bit more interesting as well and for the tech savvy it's a bit of fun to have uh, some some tech which is going to look after you in your home uh, as well as uh, yeah, being uh, of interest to play with and obviously a talking point at dinner parties which is probably why i don't get invited to any dinner parties
8: <laughs> you're really switched on there <laughs> so, aren't you marvelous now i'm afraid i'm not as good as you but it's just so refreshing to hear some how old are you by the way i'm, I'm 47 Oh, you sound much younger. You sound like in your 20s or 30s. Um, but, you know, it's just lovely and refreshing to hear somebody like you who's really well organised because a lot of people aren't. And uh, a story of mine, which is, you know, is not to our credit, um, we have three gas fires in the house and we also have, of course, the boiler. Now, the boiler gets regularly serviced. You know, we do take care of that. But we've been a bit lex in in recent years of getting the fires actually serviced. And in the sitting room... You know, after a two-and-a-half-hour long journey from London, you want to put your backside into a nice soft chair, watch a bit of telly, etc. But my husband, Steve, and I used to laugh and say, why is it when we sit down we tend to fall asleep? Even the dogs sort of seem to be asleep. <laughs> and then, to our uh, shame, we discovered, and only because I had done a carbon monoxide interview quite previously, um, I realized that I was looking at the flames, and I thought, that's not right, because they were very yellow mm-hmm. and funny mixture. And um, so we switched it all off. And when we called in all the experts, it ended up, of course, with the chimney sweep. And it ended up that the birds had dropped twigs down the entire flue because there wasn't a top on the chimney. Uh And uh, the the chimney sweep said that, honestly, he said, if you hadn't dealt with that, in other words, had we cut corners and not dealt with it for another six months or something, he said, you could have died in that room.
1: And it is looking so at it and seeing the signs yourself and that, that drowsiness of the flu like symptoms which come on when you put the fire on. That's the sort of thing to be looking out for. But let's try and avoid getting it to that position. We're glad that you've, you know, were able to, to get that in time because it could have been tragic, couldn't it?
8: Tragic. But it was a it was a real awakener for us. And so we tried to be very diligent since then.
1: And you're
7: absolutely right, Jason. It? It's much better to to manage the situation away rather than deal with a problem when you have it. And and for us, for the register, the really important thing that we always say is, uh, no matter how fancy your carbon monoxide alarm, no matter how well it talks to your network and texts you and all these great things, that that will tell you when you already have a problem. Uh, And We would much rather say, if you get regular servicing of your all your appliances and again this is this is looking a gloria, including the gas the fires. You, you <laughs> including the, 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 the gas, gas, gas fires fire fire. you don't use very often. Getting all of your appliances safety checked and serviced by a, a suitably qualified and competent gas safe registered engineer, that will help. I make sure that they're working today, will identify any areas that might need to be dealt with in the future and it might mean you don't have a problem in the first place. It's one area where it's really not worth cutting corners.
8: And the the, the the other thing we... Sorry, sorry, to to put a little point in here that uh, Ripoff Britain always tries to drum home is the fact that, you know, in Britain, we're not very good at on the doorstep saying, well, please show me your identification, show me your authority, show me that you're properly qualified. So we have gas, we have electric, all sort of people coming to the door. And so we always try to hammer that point home on Ripoff Britain, uh, that that's really important to make sure that gas engineer who's in your house is actually legally qualified
1: and the cost of actually getting these things serviced is going to be a lot lower than you know potentially replacing them because they weren't looked after properly
7: well it's not only the the cost but it's the price when there's a difference so Mm -hmm. you know the cost of getting something done as against the the price to you You and your family should be exposed to something you know gas is inherently a safe fuel if it's treated with respect Mm -hmm. but that means Making sure that it is treated with respect, and that means using qualified professionals to deal with it. And you don't want to be in a situation where exposure to to a problem at a gas appliance can lead to a gas leak, fire, explosion, carbon monoxide poisoning, which can be fatal. So this is, you know, this is the potential price that you pay for those, that quick fix of cutting a corner.
8: And then the big problem is paying for the gas.
7: Okay.
8: <laughs> <laughs> Particularly during the last mm. battle of cold weather. So I'll have to take out a mortgage because mm. I do like a warm hand. <laughs>
1: well, I think the worrying part is if you were to have a gas explosion or gas leak, you're still going to get charged for that gas. So don't pay for that as well. Let's
8: uh, hope uh, so we don't get that
1: far. Fingers but crossed. But I'm
8: really impressed. Why, why did you decide to go really well down the line? of the technical stuff you know attached to gas
1: and everything I think it's purely because you know you you've got potential problems it's not worth chancing it and uh, i i'd rather know than not know it's it, it's one of those things in life and uh, it's a, it, it's if you can get a, a good smoke detector that's the thing i'm most likely going to use i'm more likely to do something stupid and burn the toast or something but if i'm upstairs and i've left the toaster on i will know upstairs because it'll tell me loudly what i've done and where <laughs> it is so it, it, it's it's that sort of thing i, I, I think that helps and I, you know it's it, you know, though i'm i'm not uh, of, of two senior years at the moment, moment if somebody's in their 80s or 90s it could be actually having a, something that speaks to them is going to be a better way of doing it anyway so it's one for the families to look at to try and get set up in the homes of, of say particularly elderly relatives. Absolutely
8: so and I think also it's a, it's a warning to the families to pay that little bit of um, extra attention to maybe a mum or dad is living on his or her own you know do they have all of those things do they have a carbon monoxide um, alarm it's all those things just a little bit of extra care and attention
1: yep and uh, that can make a difference and, and most importantly save a life i'm gonna call the
8: i'm gonna call you i'm gonna get you to come and fix me up as it were.
1: we'll come we'll come and get you all sorted out we'll uh, we'll have an app on your phone before you know it. it'll be absolutely brilliant <laughs> but, all right where can we go to find out more about the people we do want to invite into our homes to look after us when it comes to our gas appliances
7: there's lots of really good information. You can find an engineer. You can check the identity of an engineer. There's information about carbon monoxide all on our website, which is gassaferegister.co.uk. Or give us a call on 0800 408 5500. So, simpler. And
8: my little mantra is the campaign is called Don't Cut Corners. But I say never compromise on safety within your home, particularly in relation to your family. So bear that thought
1: in mind. Absolutely, sounds like a good uh, plan to me. Scott Derek head of communications for Gas Safe Register, and Laurie Hunniford, presenter, absolute star, national treasure. Thank you both for joining me. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. We love you. Thank you, you Jason. Bye. Bye. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Back with episode 505 next week. I'll see you then. Goodbye for now. Goodbye from the mill bar.
0: Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the milk bar, yeah, goodbye from the milk bar, yeah.